Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Speedway Digest Radio Network. This is Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. We're having a couple of technical issues this evening, so let's go ahead and listen to a song from Ron Preston and Pit Crew to get everything started, shall we? This is Full Throttle. Throttle by Ron Bastana and the Pit Crew. Let's go ahead and give this a shot. Hopefully it's working okay on everybody's end here. Hello and welcome to the September 3rd edition of Speedway Digest. There's Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This episode 189 of the series. And as I said a few months ago, we are having some technical difficulties here on my end. Hopefully they work themselves out. I don't know what the issue is. I know I had a little bit of an internet connection issue and I went to a backup computer and hopefully everything will work out fine. 
I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally, Kapala, and myself, we're recapping the past couple of weeks of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Ahead of Darlington, South Carolina Raceway's annual throwback weekend, Joe Graff Jr. and his SS Greenlight Racing announced today that they will throw back to the 13-time NASCAR Xfinity Series winner Elliot Sadler for Saturday afternoon sports clips help a Hero 200. Graff Jr.'s number 08 bucked-up energy Chevrolet Camaro will relic Sadler's number 88 GT Vodka Chevrolet from Junior Motorsports from the 2010 NASCAR Xfinity Series season. Bucked up is the every man or woman energy drink. We don't care about the color of your collar, whether blue or white. We all require energy to power our days. We want something that tastes that success, enhances mood and focus, and most of all, delivers long-lasting energy. Without the crash. The span of 22 years, Sadler made 397 Xfinity Series starts from 1995 to 2019, producing 13 wins, 106 top fives, 227 top ten finishes. The Emporia... VA native made 15 Xfinity starts as a lady in black, winning the 2016 race for Junior Motorsports. Graf Jr. will make his second Xfinity Series start at the historic 1.33-mile egg-shaped oval. Darlington marked NASCAR's return from the coronavirus pandemic. In his too tough to tame debut at Darlington, Graf Jr. started 36 based on points, but captured a lead lap 19th place finish without the benefit of any practice or qualifying. Those sports clips help a hero 200, 147 laps, 200.1 miles. It's the 23rd of 33 NASCAR Xfinity Series races on the 2020 schedule. The 37-car field will take the green flag shortly after noon on Saturday, September 5th, with live coverage on NBC, the Motor Racing Network, MRN, Radio, and Sirius XM NASCAR Satellite Radio, Channel 90. All times are local, which is Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully, Joe Graff Jr. is standing by to come on the show tonight. I know he tried to call in a little earlier, and unfortunately, we were having about 20 minutes of technical difficulties here this evening. But he is standing by. He is ready to be on the show tonight, and we might we might be able to hear from him this evening. So let's go ahead and hold off for another few minutes and listen to another selection from Ron Fasson and the pit crew while we're standing by. This is In the Zone.
Once again, we're having some a few little technical gremlins this evening, but hopefully we do have Joe Graff Jr. on the line. Let's go ahead and check that right now. Hello, Joe, is that you? This is this is Tim Barisha. Ah, okay. Hold on one second, and we'll get ready for you to be on the line. One second, please. As I stated, we are having some technical issues this evening. We do have our next guest on the line. Apparently, Joe Graff Jr. is not going to be able to rejoin us this evening, which is okay. But we will go ahead and get Mr. Barisha ready to go in one second. We're going to skip ahead in the in the script a little bit here, which unfortunately is going to throw us off a little bit, especially since I don't have the script up on my big screen this evening. But that's okay. <clears throat> Our next guest this evening is no stranger to Pike's Peak, but Dan Marisha is, the co- is the, one of the founders of BBI Motorsport, which, out of, which specializes in building high-performance Porsches for the street and track. He has helped create a wide range of track-ready components for modern Porsche vehicles. The shop's 911 competition cars are proven successful in many road racing events and in their line of premium performance parts, which is constantly expanding. We'd like to apologize to Mr. Marisha for our, our little bit of a snafu here, but we'd like to welcome him to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. it. No problem. We've got a little bit of a technical glitch here this evening. Hopefully everything works out from here on out. First off, can you tell us a little bit more about the Pikes Peak Hill Climb? Well, we just we just, part- we just participated in the 98th running of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. They've been going for quite some time. Second longest running uh, motorsport event in the United States next to the uh, Indianapolis 500. Which is uh, which is pretty cool. So it's a, a lot of fun to be a part of. It's uh, very unique, um, and it's you know it's kind of a test of uh, crew, driver, and machine uh, like none other that we found in motorsport. I know your car, the Little Miss Sunshine, is a fan favorite. What makes that particular particular Porsche special? Well. The the car started life as a factory GT2 RS Club Sport built by Porsche Motorsport, and they um, it's a non-street legal car, so they provide us a a pretty good canvas to start with. And then we we tailor that car to handle the hill climb itself. We, we're you know we're faced with challenges uh, along with uh, like elevation, uh, the road itself. You have 156 turns. Uh, it's 12.5 miles long, and we've got uh, a lot of bumps. 
what makes it kind of crazy is one day you'll practice up at the top, the next day the road will change because the frost heaves have changed a little bit and created different bumps and different apexes, so you're, you have to be on your toes and have a, a really compliant car. And I think what makes this car special is that we've spent a lot of time to make the driver, David Donahue, comfortable in it. What's your average race weekend like? Average race weekend is, is pretty rough. So Monday you have tech, uh, tech inspection, typically between 10 and 12. And then uh, usually what we've, what we've done after that is we go and test a little bit at a local racetrack before we go on the hill for Tuesday. You have Tuesday, they break the mountain up in three sections because of all the different classes. So they, you, you only get to test a section of the mountain at a time. So Tuesday, for example, we tested up at the very top. Uh, Wednesday, we tested the middle of the mountain. And then Thursday, we tested the bottom half, which is, uh, it goes from the bottom to a place called Glen Cove. You start at about 9,500 feet of elevation and go up to close to 11,000. And the, the tricky part is that that's Thursday, that's qualifying. So they qualify everybody on the bottom of the hill. Um, so you have to kind of have your, your ducks in a row by then. And um, that, the, the wake-up time, you're typically getting up at about 2 a.m., you get, get showered, get dressed, you run over to, uh, to wherever the car or truck is located, you hop in that. We typically meet at about 3 a.m. We all meet at the, at the shop, hop in the trucks, and start heading up the hill, which is about a 45-minute drive from town down there in Colorado Springs. By the time you get to the gates, they open the gates for the competitors at the bottom of the mountain at 4, but if you have to go and test up top, they'll open at 3.30 for you in the morning. Uh, you unload the cars. It's cold. It's windy. Uh, the, the air is thin. You get ready. By the time the daybreak happens, roughly about 5 a.m., you start warming the car up, and then uh, driver gets ready. About 5.45, we start testing. And the test consists of you get about three to four runs of that portion of the mountain. So if you can really think about a, a traditional race, you have – you can go out for a 20-minute session. You have practice, and you have qualifying, and then you have the race. And you have, you have, a, you have a handful of 20, 30-minute sessions out there. Or here, uh, a typical run up the top of the mountain – where we tested on Tuesday is about two minutes and 40 seconds, two minutes and 30 seconds. So the driver gets a, a total of 10 minutes a day in the car max. And, and you're trying to learn the vehicle, you're learning the track, and then you're trying to also make changes to make that more, that, that car more compliant and keep it underneath you. So it's extremely challenging for the driver. And it's extremely important to have clear, clear, concise communication between the driver and the engineer. So every change you get, you only have one chance to see if it works and you, you get a handful of minutes to do so. Um, by about 7, 8 o'clock, it's about your third run. You kind of get the lay of the land. The sun's fully up. It starts warming up a little bit from about 30 degrees to 45, 50. And by 8.30, you're done. So you load the car back up, and we're talking a.m. We load the car back up in the trailer, go back down to the shop, grab some breakfast at about 9.45, 10 o'clock, and then start working on the car as long as it takes to get her where you want it. And then you load it back in the trailer that day so it's ready for the next morning. And then you do that day in and day out. So a lot of 16- to 18-hour days. And it's really hard to acclimate to going to bed early enough to get that amount of sleep. So the first night we, you know, for example, on Tuesday night, we didn't get to bed till midnight because we're working on the car so much. Wake up at 2. Second day you get two more hours. So you're doubling your sleep every day. So two more hours. And then the following day we got six hours. So it – um. It was it was tough to acclimate, but that's what I love about this this hill. I um I was lucky enough to 
start uh, working on cars and building cars for this event back in 2013. We did 13, 14, and 15. Took a took a break. We came back uh, last year in 2019. Ended up setting a record. And then uh, with an entirely different car this year, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, we we took her up and um, ended up uh, ended up running um, uh, pretty pretty well all the way up. But as as we all know, we, we didn't make it to the top. Mm-hmm. And what is your ultimate racing goal? My ultimate racing goal is to continue going back to Pikes Peak as much as we can. Um, I'd love to continue to build my business as a, as a top-tier Porsche tuner, modifier, and, and actually car builder. Um, I just, I just want to keep our foot on the gas and keep doing what we're doing. Try to improve well, Let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host. Michael Morales has questions for you as well. Awesome. Okay, so my first question for you, were you always a Porsche fan, or did that, like, come about? You know, I, I was always a Porsche fan. Uh, it all changed for me when I was about eight years old. I was living in Washington State, and I, and I had a picture of a Porsche 959 on the wall. Uh, and my cousin and I saw Bill Gates driving by in a, in a gray market Porsche 959, which was a rare car, supercar that they built in the 80s that I didn't even know existed except for the poster we had. And for some reason, that completely changed, and made, uh, changed me and made me quite obsessed and, with Porsche. And then I got lucky enough to start working on them. I was uh, I was working as a uh, a lot guy in parking cars and washing cars at a at a dealership up in Washington State. And they had a guy named by the name of Greg Fordle had a um, a race shop in the back that they worked on Porsches. And he ran in the Grand Am and American Le Mans series. And I would just beg him, beg him, beg him to work on the cars. And and finally he let me do it. And it was history. So I've been hooked on working on Porsches for the last 25 years now. So it's uh it's in my blood now. <laughs> and at what point did you know that driving fast cars was the career for you? Well, I think that all changed. I back when I was about 19 years old, I I bought a Porsche 944 for $800, and I decided to turn it into an SCCA ITS car. I built my own roll cage that was horrible, but it still passed tech, thankfully. Um, and I started racing at ITS, and I went to get my race license in this double regional race up in Washington State. Um, ended up doing well in the school, and then in my first race, I ended up actually finishing second. And then the next day, I qualified first, but still finished second. So I felt that I had, from a mechanical standpoint, from building our own cars to racing, I felt that this is something that I really wanted to do. And what is your favorite racetrack food? Right now, I'm going to have to say Laguna Seca. Um, I've been lucky enough to drive Laguna Seca quite a bit, and there's still so much lost time hidden in that track that that I'm after. So I I really enjoy chasing down uh, time and working on my my line out there there, because I'm leaving a lot on the table. Did I lose you? No. What's the uh, the only race you compete in is the is the Pikes Peak Climbers. You yourself compete in other races as well. Uh, say it again. I'm sorry. What other races do you compete in aside from the Pikes Peak Hill Climb? 
Well, you know, we do very weird off-shoot races. Um, I did the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill uh, a while back in a Porsche Cup car we built. Um, we do we do some half-mile racing also. To What that really does is, you know, on an old airstrip or a current airstrip that, that the sanctioning bodies rent out, and we do that to to validate our engine program and, and test the suspension and, and uh, vehicle stability, but mainly to gather data on our engine building program. So we'll run we'll run some of our engine engines up to about 14 or 1500 horsepower, and go out and and try to see how quick we can go. We just did um, a two wheel drive six speed GT2. I was out in Kansas not too long ago, and we ended up going 207.6 miles an hour in the half mile, which which I think set a two-wheel drive Porsche record out there, which is great. So we we do oddball events. Um, uh, you know, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb is definitely putting the car through paces that I think isn't conventional, which which we love. And, you know, we also we also build a lot of uh, weekend warrior and track day cars as well that, that our clients go out and enjoy track days and, and things like that. And if our listeners were interested in more information on your organization, how would they go about getting that? I'm, I, I did not hear you say that one more time. I'm sorry. If our listeners are interested in more information about, about the work you do and your organization, how would they go about finding that information? You can find more information on our website at bbiautosport.com. That's at bbiautosport.com, and autosport is singular, uh, A-U-T-O-S-P-O-R-T.com. We have a, a blog there that keeps you up to date on what we're doing. We also show a, a parts list that we've, we've built. We have a Facebook, which is BBI Autosport at Facebook, and then we have an Instagram, which is the same BBI Autosport at, on Instagram as well. So there's uh, some some fun stuff on there. Awesome. Well, we'd like to thank you once again for coming on the program this evening, and hopefully we get to talk to you again in the future. Ah, thank you for having me. It's been an honor, and I, I love the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Once again, that was Bethan Barisha, who runs his own autosport program. They, he works on Porsches. He's been uh, dedicated to the Pikes Peak Hill Climb for the past several years, and as we heard, he does a bunch of other racing as well. We're going to go ahead and cut the show a little short this evening, even though we don't have we do have some uh, some time. We're going to be taking off. We're going to be off the next couple of weeks. Uh, our co-host will be traveling a little bit, and then I have some some homeowners association business I can take care of in a couple of weeks, but. We will be back by the end of the month, and we'll be talking about NHRA and other events as well. With that, be sure to check out past episodes of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunders, also other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Speedway Digest Radio. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read articles covering all aspects of our sports at speedwaydigest.com. We currently have some great articles we posted today about all different sorts of racing, a bunch of results, and other things, so be sure to check it out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my site, The Warflums Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and by heading to forwarflumsfantasticfinds.wordpress.com. The easiest way to find that right now is by to go to at pbhappening. On Twitter, that will give you full access to all the articles that are posted on that particular site. I have been putting out a lot of information in the past few days, especially about the uh, reopening of the economy here in South Florida, the, uh, the reopening of beaches on Labor Day, 
as well as going into phase two of restrictions, which will open up movie theaters and bowling alleys and that sort of fun stuff in the next few weeks, as well as the schools, which will reopen. I believe that they were scheduled to reopen on on the 14th or 15th of this month. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, we are going to have to reschedule Joe Graff Jr. Um, there were some technical issues this evening, and we are thankful that he was able to, he tried to get on the program tonight, and we will reschedule him as soon as possible. I'm thinking probably in the next two weeks. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again in three weeks in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again, and hopefully the gremlins go away. We don't need you anymore. Thank you. Have a nice night. <laughs>